listening to the all-new Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Hey, welcome to the show, and thanks for tuning in this weekend, the first week of fall. I'm telling you guys, it was the best summer we've had. Beautiful. I hope you had a chance to go out and uh, enjoy the nice weather this past week. It was really it was so nice out, and uh, I, I made a point of trying to be outside every day. So I even let myself go to an athletic store where they sell things for athletics, like running shoes. So I bought myself a new pair of running shoes. Apparently, you're supposed to replace them fairly often if you run a lot. I don't really. I run very short distances. Um, so I say to people sometimes, hey, I'm going for a run, but it usually lasts about 20 minutes and there's a couple of stops and some walking in there. But anyway, I went into this one uh, store that sells like running shoes and gear and whatever. And um, the guy was showing me some of the, the options and they're all very bright and colorful and very expensive. And I kind of made the comment uh, where I said, oh, you know what, I, I'm I'm not really a runner because I thought perhaps he thought that I run, you know, half marathons or that I'm always out there running 10 or 15K. And then he said to me, oh, well, then you should join our running club. And a lot of the these um, running stores that sell clothes and shoes, uh, they have a lot of free running clubs just to get people out and help them get to their first 5K or just help them pace themselves and help them, uh, you know, progress that they want to eventually run a 10K or a half marathon or a marathon. And for some reason, as soon as he said to me, you should come do our free run running program i broke into a full body sweat like like i had to wipe my brow in front of him and he was looking at me like there was something seriously wrong with me because i got so nervous i'm like i you know what i just think and this is what i said to him i think i have small lungs and that's why i'm not progressing as a runner um and i said i would take the information and i would come back and i took the information and i did not go back uh for those of you who are not familiar with my parents you will find that i i do tweet about them plenty when i'm home and uh, i'll be heading back to halifax nova scotia for a couple of days around thanksgiving to visit my folks they're getting on in years and what I noticed is um, just with a couple of friends who've asked what my plans are for Thanksgiving, and I've said, oh, you know, I'm heading out to Halifax. The reaction is, oh, my God, does this mean we're getting more tweets about your parents? And, uh, and I thought, yes, me, uh, the disappointment as a single unmarried daughter <laughs> without children that is apparently of great entertainment to many people. So if you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Pei Chen. Uh, I also wanted to just give you my little quick bite. It's an occasional short mention of a restaurant that I've tried in the city that I, I think you might like. Um, the People's Eatery is a place on Spadina, just between co uh, College and Dundas. And it's sort of in the middle of a block of Chinatown that doesn't have a whole lot happening, I would say, at night. But they do um, a really beautiful tasting menu there and also an a la carte snack menu that's great. Very reasonably priced. I've been there twice now. I was there again last night. Um, I love the smoked fish platter. But it's a really fun place if you want to go just to grab a cocktail with some friends and grab a light bite. You can just order a couple of small snacks off the menu and uh, hopefully enjoy it. There is a bit of a food-themed show tonight. There's a, a new national Canadian food magazine out there. Uh, it's beautiful. It's called Ricardo. He's a well-known French chef who's been on TV for many years. And um, if you want some great meal ideas, recipes, uh, inspiration, beautiful photos to look at, I'll have him on to chat about what it's 
uh, about what it is that makes his magazine unique for Canadians and what sort of uh, dishes and tips he's including in there. And also coming up later on the show, a great way for parents or toddlers, sorry, parents of toddlers and kids to help out other children who aren't as fortunate. There's a children's book bank. Now, I hadn't heard of this before. I'm not sure if you have, but they desperately need donations of gently used baby books and children's books to support kids in low-income areas in Toronto. So I love this because it doesn't cost you anything to help out. You might have some books laying around that your kids have outgrown, and they could be put to good use. So I'll tell you um, in about a half an hour how you can uh, donate and help out. But I do have a guest in studio with me right now, and that would be Amy Rosen, award-winning journalist and uh, cookbook author. Her latest book is called Toronto Cooks, 100 Signature Recipes from the City's Best Restaurants. This is your fourth book. Hooray. Right? Hooray. Yes. Very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. You've been working on this for a while. A little while, yeah. Well, the chefs had to do most of the work <laughs> on this one, actually. So 50 chefs, 100 recipes. That's Correct. a lot to coordinate. It is. And if you know chefs, you know that <laughs> it was like pulling teeth, getting the recipes out of them, and then kind of having major dental work done, having, you know, trying to make them make sense so that the everyday person could use yeah these recipes and have success but we did it lots of great editing and editors mm -hmm. and uh i'm pleased with the book i'm you're happy thrilled. with it thrilled. the photos are beautiful yeah and you got ryan schultz amazing yeah and you've got um even the photos like the portraits of the chefs are very very candid they're know? fun like i was in there with them and we wanted them to be loose so i just had props i'm like here's a baseball bat so, like <laughs> Made no sense, but, you know, we didn't want starched whites and yeah. crossed arms. We wanted to illustrate what Toronto is today. And so they were wearing their street clothes and having fun. Showing off of per their personality a yeah, little bit. Yeah, and their pecs. And their pe oh, are there yeah. a lot of pecs? A lot of hot chefs out there, I got to tell you. Uh, I'm aware of some of them, actually. Yeah, yeah. you've got a lot. Uh <laughs> I mean, so I don't know if we should name names, but I think there should be a calendar in the works, if you know what I'm saying. That could be another project. Okay. I think that could be the next one. So now, how did you decide uh, which chefs and which restaurants you would include in the book? Um, I only included restaurants that I personally have eaten at and mm -hmm. enjoyed and thought of specific dishes that I would hopefully get for the cookbook. And I just kind of sent out an email to my wish list. And my timeline was quite short. I basically, the publisher approached me with this idea around November said that, you know, we'd like to get the recipes in by December and have oh, the wow. first draft done by January. So I was like, that's well, a very short timeline. That's insane. And we didn't quite make that deadline. But uh, we came close. So it's kind of like with my wish list, whoever got back to me mm -hmm. in time, uh, they made the ranks, but all of them are people I definitely wanted in. So, oh, good. Yeah. I just approach people I wanted is, is the easy answer, I guess. Right. So you yeah. you had your list of places you've been to, uh, dishes you liked, chefs that you admire. Exactly. And you just thought, I'll reach out to them. And, and not see. everyone said yes. And, okay. you know, some of them had their own books coming out or didn't oh, want to be fair, part right? of a collaboration or what have you. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I'd say 90% of them said yes. And the recipes, how, can you describe them for me? Like, what kind of recipes are in this book? So it runs the gamut from soups and appetizers and main courses to desserts. It's it's an even split with 
everything. And um, most of them are dishes that everyone can prepare. Okay, because that was my question. Was, yeah. A lot of times, the reason I eat at certain places is because that's a dish I could never recreate at home. Right. Or so I won't bother. <laughs> when I sent them all out, kind of the rules and regulations of what I wanted, I was very clear about the fact that I want this to be a stained, dog-eared cookbook that mm-hmm. is on the you know kitchen counter that people are using all the time, go back to their favorites, like the milk buns from Richmond Station or the confetti cookies from Milk Bar that I mm-hmm. made you today. I hope uh, you take I'm going, a bite I'm and going enjoy to try it. them after, yeah, after the break. I've been insulted sure. that you haven't mentioned them, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> but, Amy you know. Rosen made me cookies, and I am going to try them <laughs> after the go. break. That's all I need. Yeah, and we're going to actually take a quick break uh, for traffic. But when we come back, Amy's going to stick around. Uh, Amy Rosen, a journalist and cookbook author with her new cookbook out right now called Toronto Cooks, 100 Signature Recipes from the City's Best Restaurants. Also want to talk to you a bit about uh, the Toronto restaurant scene, food scene, and how it's changed over the years because uh, you've been involved with it for quite a while. This is the all-new Pay 10 Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Amy Rosen is in studio with me right now. She is an award-winning journalist and cookbook author. This is her fourth book. Congratulations. It's a Toronto Cooks 100 Signature Recipes from the City's Best Restaurants. Um, 50 chefs each contributed two different recipes for this Correct. book. Beautiful photos in yes. there. And you were just telling me before the break that uh, I was asking you what kind of recipes these are. And you said they are... Uh, recipes that anyone can make because I wanted to know how skilled yes. you had to be to make these recipes. You don't have to be very skilled, but Great, you have to me. enjoy cooking. Okay, which you do. I do. Baking. And I would say, you know, I, I read them the Riot Act. I want people to be able to make these recipes, and ninety-seven percent of the recipes are very doable, mm-hmm. including Dufflet's beautiful multifaceted layered cake. Ooh, Dufflet like, has beautiful desserts. Exactly. So yes, there are many steps, but mm-hmm. it's very clear and you can achieve it. So that's more one of the project recipes, let's right. say. And a couple of the chefs like Tyler from uh, Cafe Balloud and let's say uh, Ben from The Grove, they didn't exactly listen to my instructions. A couple of their <laughs> recipes will take you days to right. uh but if achieve. you feel like being ambitious exactly and mm-hmm. i kind of like that I, I like that there's a few of those uh curveballs in there yeah now i just tried the cookie that you you brought me thank you very much it's always nice when guests bring food to the studio because it only happens occasionally michael bonaccini brought me dinner which was very sweet oh well, so and you brought me dessert well i mean so now you're up there well on par i think you kind, kind of made him sound a lot better than me but that's fine that, no i was just saying that you sort of brought the last part of the meal <laughs> <laughs> the meal that i had when he was here months ago what did he um, make you he brought me food from a canteen restaurant he brought me three full dinners because he said he didn't know what i would like yeah. uh, it was very kind of yeah. him yeah and like takeout containers so it was great because when i get home from this show Two i'm more Hungry and <laughs> it's perfect for me because after the show I have two more dinners <laughs> and uh, then I was done by Monday morning um but uh, the cookies you you brought me are from a recipe in the book yes so they're the confetti cookies from Momofuku is that correct yeah, the milk Momofuku bar milk bar yeah right okay Christina Tossi who is the nicest person on earth by the way mm-hmm. she has such success and she's just so busy and out there and she is a doll. I've heard that. I've heard she's oh. a very sweet person. I just love it when you meet your idols and yeah. they're great. Instead of... Um, it's like when I met you for the very first time. <laughs> and I was everything you dreamed of <laughs> and more. Well, Amy, we actually met on Twitter. 
Didn't oh, we? remind me. Yes, this. I yes. have no memory skills, so it's familiar, but remind me. I believe that's memory. how we. I, I think we were. Um, we had probably tweeted each other a few times. We know several of the same people. Yes. The, I think the food community in Toronto is one that's very. Uh, it, it's somewhat small mm-hmm. and, and small. inclusive. So mm-hmm. if you go to enough events or um, support enough different events or causes, you tend to bump into the same people. So, and then um, I believe we first met over a sandwich at Porchetta and Co. Do you remember? Porchetta oh, yeah, and that's right. That and was Bathurst. our first date. Yeah. yeah. So if people tell you that you shouldn't meet strangers online, I do it all the time. I always <laughs> meet strangers. I always meet people that I know online. Um, but just not in dark alleys. Usually not. But okay. if they tell me they're going to bring food, I probably would. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a bit more about the Toronto food scene because you've been writing about food, a lot of food and travel, mm-hmm. um, which you have done. What do you think makes Toronto different? Some people have said mm-hmm. that Toronto doesn't have its own food scene, that we sort of sit back and we wait for big American cities to do something and then we try to mimic it or, um, you know, ride on that success. And then there are other people who, who say that, no, Toronto definitely has its own food culture being uh, a very multicultural city. Mm-hmm. But what do you think makes Toronto stand out? So I would say in the past, your initial statement would have been correct that uh – we were a wannabe city and we didn't have an identity of our own. So we tried to be New York or London mm-hmm. or what have you or Chicago. Um, and now I'd say the opposite is true. I think now they're coming, looking what we're doing and they're, they're, we're blowing their minds like places like Edulis or Bar Isabel or, you know, they're not in the book, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but Edulis, um, they're very unique or, mm-hmm. or Dilo, very unique restaurants that are of Toronto. Mm-hmm. Like, the chefs went away, they traveled, they came back, they're using local ingredients, they they have a feel for the city and, and what we want to eat and how we want to eat it and what their places look like, how comfortable we want to be, how how loud we can handle you know, yeah. the restaurants to be. And we are casual and we are adventurous and that's what's on the plate. Mm-hmm. Now, you've written a lot um, about international food um you know based on your travels yeah uh what do you what have you noticed that um canadians really gravitate towards because you're you're you know you're quite well traveled compared Mm -hmm. to most people you've eaten coast to coast um you've probably you know you know what the cuisine is like in vancouver versus the cuisine in newfoundland well having eaten my way across canada for en route when i started the best new restaurants thing like 12 years ago or whatever it was um, I can tell you that it's shifted from mm-hmm. year to year, which city was on top in terms of it, it all starts with the financial, how the city's doing and so how many people are dining out and what they're what the city can support. Mm-hmm. So leading up to the Vancouver Olympics, for instance, it was like thousands of restaurants opening and unfortunately most of them are gone now. But then they kind of we're on a downtick, and and then it was Montreal's turn, and right, right. now it's Toronto's turn. Yeah, you really think that it, it's, it's our turn? It's hundred percent our turn. In Can fact, we break I was, about that a little bit. <laughs> I was in. Well, you know, there's a new book out called Toronto Cooks that kind of reflects the. Uh, <laughs> no, but I was in um, New York a couple weekends ago, and for the first time, I've been there a bunch of times. For the first time ever, and I ate at you know the hot restaurants mm-hmm. and some old favorites. I thought that for the first time ever, we're doing it better. Really. Like, yeah. 
That's nice because I think a lot I of times I was not impressed. Like you were not as and impressed I, in New I'm York. I'm telling you, I was eating at the places that the times are like this is where you have to eat, and I was like, nope. Better, half the price, fresher, better service, nicer surroundings in Toronto right now. How do you think like it's the whole package? How do you think uh, Toronto has changed just in the past decade? Everything's changed. Um, yeah. It feels younger and more vibrant. It's it's also in many ways wealthier. I mean, how many cranes are up in the city? Mm-hmm. Again, I have friends from New York who visited and. Uh, they're like, what's with all the cranes? What's with all the building? Like, because nothing's going on in a lot of the states right now. So right, that's true. Again, where with with wealth, new and old comes, mm-hmm. um, you know, disposable income, and yeah. we're eating out more, and we're well, just and so many more people living oh, in within right. a few the population small blocks. for sure. And obviously, yeah. we've always been multicultural. Well, waves of immigrants have come, you know, mm-hmm. decade after decade, and. Uh, the salad has been tossed together, and uh, it's like a delicious Cobb salad out there. I love Cobb. Is there a Cobb salad in the book? There is, and I figure, you know, you know how to do that yourself. You I do, just but I still... A bed of iceberg, rows of protein, <laughs> and chopped egg. You can do that. Is there... Because uh, I, I wouldn't ask you for your favorite, because I know that would be like choosing a favorite child, but uh, what recipes in the book do you find yourself making often? I feel like any cookbook you have or any food magazine, there's always... You know, the one or two recipes that, whether they're just very versatile or mm-hmm. easy, that you end up making quite often for yourself or for guests. So this is the first cookbook I've done that it's not my own recipes. And, mm-hmm. you know, as a food editor and all this, I I gravitate towards quick and easy, putting the food on the table, especially if I'm cooking for a lot of people. So those are the recipes mm-hmm. I've been going for. And I have to say, once I... Um, I made the uh, cauliflower coleslaw from the Emerson, and I posted a picture on Instagram or yeah. something. I don't think I even said what it was, and people were like, "Is that the cauliflower coleslaw people from knew? Emerson?" They knew. Wow! And they're like, "I'm getting the book for that alone." So things like that, um, and obviously the cookies are always impressive. Mm-hmm. People love a giant sparkly cookie. How do you not love a cookie called the confetti cookie that's filled with like multicolored bits and like? Chunks of kosher salt that make it totally addictive. It is very addictive. What would you like to see more of in Toronto? Because, you know, I guess we should mention, too, some of your credits include, um, you know, being the food editor at Chatelaine, House and Home. You've written for En Route magazine many times, National Post, Globe and Mail. Mm -hmm. You've basically any publication that exists that might have food in. they will have me, I will. (laughs) You have written for them. Uh, So you really know what you're talking about. But what would you like to see more of in Toronto? Well, I mean, every week... Things I didn't even dream of are happening, like Mm -hmm. amazing dim sum and Jewish food meets Chinese food and uh, falafel popping up everywhere and schnitzel's back. And, you know, just I don't want for anything. We have it all, really. So you don't find yourself having to say, oh, you know, when I I need to go here to get my favorite whatever it is. I can't think of anything that you can't get in Toronto right now. Like, can you? I no, but I, I, you know, I'm not as well traveled as you. So I feel like somebody who has experienced a lot of different foods and flavors mm-hmm. would um, perhaps, you know, recall a wonderful meal at a, you know, from a. So, okay, I just thought of something. Okay, here we so go. So I had now an amazing trip to Portugal uh, in the spring. Was it the spring? No. It was March. Okay, we already know that you have memory issues. Yeah. Okay. Know. You know what? The time what doesn't matter. What year is it? I haven't hit my head, but I have no idea what year it is. <laughs> Who's the prime minister? Okay, so. Um, <laughs> 
I was in Portugal and we ate the freshest seafood, razor clams and just everything so simply prepared. I, I miss fresh, simply prepared with a squeeze of lemon mm -hmm. seafood. Yeah. That doesn't cost an arm and a leg. Yes, I guess that's is the, the caveat, right? Yep. It's the yeah, it's the costing an arm and a leg thing that uh, I try to avoid. And as you much know possible. what? We this is what the East Coast is known for, and I love going there and and having it there. But here, I can't get the sorts of things uh, that I had in Portugal, specific right. things. And maybe that's a reason to go back. <laughs> I I think it is. Um, so congratulations on the book. Where can people find it? it you know what? It's uh, it's a beautiful gift. Oh, it's if a people gorgeous. people are thinking toward, oh, of the holidays kidding? now, it is a gorgeous Yes. Well, gift. it's at all of the participating restaurants. Oh, fantastic. It's, and starting on September 30th, it's at all major bookstores and anywhere you – online. Okay, great. In store. So it should be easy to find. Very easy to and find. And they can flip through the beautiful photos and then think of who they would want in a Hottest Chef calendar. Exactly. That should be the next project. And I just will help you judge from that. it, though. They have to yes. cook from it. That's the main thing. Okay, that's the main thing. And then you can tweet or Instagram to Amy at Amy Rosen and let her know what you made from the book. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Thanks for having me. And I can't wait until you have a big dinner party and make all kinds of dishes from the uh, book. I brought you a and cookie. <laughs> I have Fine, very high standards. Thank you. Um, that's Amy Rosen, who is the author of Toronto Cooks, 100 Signature Recipes from the City's Best Restaurants. Still to come, how you can put the books your baby and kids have outgrown to good use. The Children's Book Bank uh, provides books to kids in low-income areas, and they desperately need some baby and children's books. And coming up after the break, if you need some quick dinner ideas or new fall recipes, uh, Chef Ricardo has all the answers in one place. I'll tell you more about that. You're listening to The Pei Chen Show here on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. You're listening to the all-new Pei Chen Show on In-Depth Radio News Talk 1010. Well, to continue with the uh, food-themed show tonight, if you find yourself struggling to come up with a new simple weekday meal, you know, something that kids will eat, um, maybe a few new recipes to try. Uh, it now exists in one beautiful, glossy magazine. Ricardo is Canada's first food magazine full of tasty and simple recipes, weekday dinner solutions, ingredient inspiration, and uh, lots of money-saving tips. And on the line right now, I have uh, Chef Ricardo. Thanks for joining me tonight. Hi, thank you so much. Uh, congratulations. This is a beautiful magazine. Thank you so much. Like it's, uh, I think it's 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 a dream come true. You know, for like many years, my wife and myself were just dreaming to have this great food magazine. For years, we were traveling, and we noticed that we actually in Canada buy food magazine from all over the place. But I mean, we no one is was doing a really like a foodie magazine mm -hmm. for Canada made in Canada. So we wanted to insert a vast demand. Well, and I guess, you know, it's Canada's like new cooking magazine and there are there are many magazines out there that have cooking mm -hmm. and recipe components in it, but yours is exclusively, you know, about food with yeah. uh, recipes and really great tips and what I liked about it is I'm pretty familiar with cooking and baking and I know my way around the kitchen. Um mm -hmm. but what I liked is that you have such simple easy to understand tips and steps that, that that was very important for us i mean the point is not to try to turn our houses into restaurants we have fantastic restaurants all across canada 
But when you come back home and you're tired after a day working hard and all that, how can I convince people that they're better off just trust me for half an hour mm -hmm. and you won't have to order something or just put something from the freezer in the microwave or in the oven? So that that's my main focus. So each time I land somewhere, and I'm lucky because like last week I was like in Vancouver, the week before was like in the Maritimes. I travel a lot, but the first thing I do is I stop in the local grocery store and look at people putting their basket. Mm -hmm. What is the the main new like dairy product, or what what is the main like new meat cuts? And I try to remember this. So when we create recipes, we try to make sure that. If you stop to your local grocery store, you'll need a couple of ingredients, but the rest of it, you have it in your pantry. You don't have to, to do extra things or find this fancy shop. It has to be tasty, inexpensive, quick, and then it will work. And Ricardo, I guess we should just let our listeners know, in case they're not familiar, that you have extensive cooking experience, also television experience. You were, yeah. you know, I remember watching you cooking on TV a lot, too, with the, your Food Network show. Well, for the Food Network and on Global, we are, I mean, this show is sold in over 70 countries. Wow. And maybe in 20 French countries also. I have the, the, the Kane record for a daily show in French 13 years. And actually, it's a record in English, too. And uh, we have a lot of fun. The, the website, ricardocuisine.com, is, is the largest private website in the country with over 24 million clicks uh, a month, where, where we try to answer to this. I mean, it's, it's a daily question, and we can see it. At 4 o'clock, people at the job, before they leave, they say, okay, what am I going to have tonight? Mm -hmm. And they will just go on the web and try to find some ideas that, are going to answer to this, I mean, question that everyone in the country has. Yeah, right. Well, you're because then you're down to the wire, the time crunch, you know, you're about to leave mm -hmm. work and you have to figure out totally. what you're going to have for dinner. And if you've got kids, there's even a bit more pressure to make sure that and, the dinner has everything this. you need. And we, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. We've noticed it. Whether you have children or they're gone, everyone has a tight schedule. How can we answer to this problem? So it's my main thing. It's not to say to people, oh, you should eat this or, or you should not eat that. It's, that's not my point. My right. point is you should eat with the people you love. Mm -hmm. You should have a dinner with people you care for. And that's the first important and the most important thing. Then my job is try to, to find you tricks and tips and ideas to simplify your life. And from there... You will decide and you will go and, and just pick the recipe you like. And we're lucky because in Canada, it's not like we're not in Europe. Mm -hmm. We're not stuck with recipes that are there for hundreds of years. Our food, I, I mean, right now we are creating Canadian culture and cuisine. And maybe in 100 years from, the, from now, we'll have recipes that are very classic, you know. Mm -hmm. But for the time being, it's all about good quality ingredients I try to create recipes with local stuff and uh, and make sure that this I mean and, and it's fun to work on on pride on self-esteem if right. you don't cook a lot you can be 60 and you're barely retired you have a bit more time ahead of you or you can be 12 and you decide that you're going to do something to impress your family I as soon as you you realize that you can cook it will just boost your self-esteem. And that, to me, is a great feeling to know that you've accomplished something. It's a bit like for a guy after a soccer or a hockey game, 
I mean, if even if you you were not the best in the team, <laughs> you say tomorrow I'll yeah. beat them. I'll be good. Food is the same principle. I mean, maybe it's not the best cake, but I can try it again tomorrow, mm -hmm. and this cake is going to be the best. You know, and I think you met, you uh, hit a good point, which is that uh, there are a lot of people that I meet even uh, who say, oh, no, I can't cook or, I, mm -hmm. you know, I can't do this. Um, and I, I'm somewhat the same way. I say to people, I'm like, oh, I don't think you'd want to eat my kale salad. Uh -huh. um, but when someone enjoys something that you've made and appreciates the time and yeah. the effort that you've put into it, that's a very good feeling. And there's two things. First, mm -hmm. I always say to people, you're too hard on yourself. Mm -hmm. How many hours do you give to your boss? How many hours do you give to yourself for cooking and just taking this time for you? So imagine if you just put like, it's minimum eight hours a day for our For daily your job, job, yes. Just, I mean, give yourself an hour. Believe me, you are good. You're mm -hmm. much better than you think. That, that's so important. Just trust yourself. Try. Start with simple stuff, and, mm -hmm. and, and you'll be very impressed. And the other thing, when you invite friends over or family, do you really think they come expecting you are like the Ritz-Carlton? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be what, gourmet. <laughs> I mean, if this is what they want, they don't deserve to be to your house. You took your time, your, your, your money, and all your heart to prepare a meal for them. Their job is just to be really nice and enjoy it. And actually, most of us, and to the vast majority, the point is not about the food. The point is about we just want to be together. Mm -hmm. And even though my life is about creating great recipes, I always say, you know what? It's second to the first thing the food will bring to you is, is friendship and, and this consensus around that. You know, when you have a family meal you create a bond you create something you create memories sometimes yes. you know i have a friend who just got divorced i said you know what next birthday you have to make this chocolate cake it doesn't matter if it's the worst chocolate cake <laughs> in the world because eventually we'll be gone mm -hmm. and these kids will say you remember how bad dad chocolate cake was and it's going to become a beautiful memory <laughs> it's all about memory you know that's a good point and uh you know the magazine um when i was flipping through it i really liked because i i get a lot of cookbooks i get a lot mm -hmm. of magazines i read a lot of food content and i was very impressed with the way you almost highlighted certain ingredients so for example um beef you did a very simple guide to the different kinds mm -hmm. of beef, you know, what might be more budget friendly for some people, even a section yep. on different recipes with potatoes. One, you have a whole section on um, like variations of a classic apple pie. So one basic pastry dough recipe, but then several different versions of a pie or a tart. And I think that is how we shop because when I buy something like potatoes or yeah. apples, I might be buying them in a giant bag. I need more than one way to use them up. Exactly. And and I love to, I mean, we're not, we're not Italy. We're a butter and potato country. So I always <laughs> sounds pretty to, good to me. <laughs> yeah. And it feels good and, and it's inexpensive and it's there. So I says, what's wrong with, with our own roots? Let's, let's work with what we have. And as you said, uh, like I've been raised on boiled potatoes, but all of a sudden I've discovered, okay, I can, I can, you know, scalp them. I can bake them. I can do so many different things with the same vegetable mm -hmm. that I've known for all my life. Apple pie. I mean, if I had to say, what is Canada in food? I would say, I think we're a pie. 
yep. because we have savory pie from seafood to meat pie, and, and there's different pies all over the country, mm-hmm. but everyone will agree on something. And for dessert, I mean, what is more Canadian than apple pie? I well, mean, not it much. feels good. <laughs> Every family has his own recipe. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's always a little twist to it. So I said, let's let's work on this great apple pie. Right now, we're right right in the season. We can grate the apple pie. We can make uh, uh, a, a crunchy apple pie. We can make all sorts of apple pie. The French have this tatin, like a, a turnover apple pie, where mm-hmm. you have the caramelized pie with with the brown sugar and the butter, and it's simple. It's just not exactly what I knew when I was a kid, but still, it's all there. We can try things and. and Again, I'm always like repeating myself, but it's all about creating these moments. And, and it's funny because I say, even though I make like every magazine, every issue has over 50 recipes, at the end, try to find some recipes that pleases family mm-hmm. and just make them until they just can't see it anymore. <laughs> the well, nice thing about it is that you're not a restaurant. You want to create memories. So eventually they won't know it was from Ricardo. Well, and, you like, know, and I think, too, the thing is, is that if they make the recipe enough times, they will be comfortable with it and they'll be good at it. So it might not be great I, I the totally. first time. They'll get great at it. Um, Ricardo, we've run out of time, but I wanted to let you know that when I got the magazine, I saw on the front that it said that there's a recipe for the ultimate chocolate chip cookie. Oh, and I made God, that yeah. recipe yesterday. And, and how was it? It's pretty fantastic. And, you know, <laughs> I have made I've made many, many, many different chocolate chip cookie recipes. I, I do love to bake and I do it often. And the tips that you had in this particular recipe were very practical and easy. Just there are certain things that I wasn't doing that you your recipe told me to do, and they turned out fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on the magazine, and I'm looking forward to the next issue. Thank you so much. I mean, and I'm going to go on because I follow (laughs) you on Facebook and Twitter and all that. So I'll just follow you. (laughs) Thank you. We'll talk to you again. Have a great day. Bye. You too. That's uh, that's Ricardo. His magazine is called Ricardo as well. Website RicardoCuisine.com. You're listening to the all-new Pay Chen Show on In-Depth Radio, News Talk 1010. Uh, welcome back. I got a little distracted because Vinnie White is in the studio. We're going to chat in a couple of minutes. But first, I just wanted to mention that uh, on Friday, I was surfing Twitter, as I do often. And I noticed uh, someone in my newsfeed had retweeted this request by the Children's Book Bank saying that they desperately needed baby books. And I realized that with so many of my friends who have babies and children and they're always trying to see if anyone needs the clothes that they don't need or the toys, um, that many of them probably have a collection of books that their kids are no longer reading. So I have Reagan Walton on the line. She's the Director of Inventory and Outreach at the Children's Book Bank. Uh, Reagan, I'm so glad to have you on the phone tonight. Thanks, Pei. Thanks so much for having me. Now, just tell us what the Children's Book Bank actually is. So the Book Bank is a registered charity. Uh, We're located in Regent Park, and we support childhood literacy by providing free books and uh, informal literacy support to children in sort of priority neighborhoods in Toronto. Okay, Um, so so it's it's essentially just like a wonderful children's bookstore because all the books are free. Now, who are these kids um, or families that you distribute books to? Do they Are they referred or is it just that um, families in certain neighborhoods know that you exist and they know they can come there and get some books for their children? 
Yeah, so the storefront is located sort of in the center of three high-needs neighborhoods in Toronto. So that's Regent Park, Moss Park, and St. Jamestown. Mm -hmm. Um, So like a bookstore, it's just a drop-in. There's no registration or fees of any kind, and families can come every single day that we're open, and lots of families do come every day. So if there is a family that um, perhaps, uh, you know, struggles to make ends meet and would like to pick up a book or two for their kids, then they're just welcome to come down and do that. Exactly. Yeah. So we're open Monday to Thursday from 10 till 6, as well as on Saturday from 11 till 3. So, so let's families talk- can just come on by anytime. Okay. So let's talk about what it is that you need, because obviously you have a lot of families and a lot of kids in different low-income neighborhoods to serve. So mm-hmm. what is it that you're looking for? Um, so we give away books for children ages 0 to 12. So everything from baby books to sort of a, um, older novels for um, kids up to age 12. Um, so right now we're sort of urgently in need of baby books. So those are the board books that are sort of the hard cardboard material or early concept books like ABC, 123, Shapes and Colors, that kind of stuff. Okay. They're in urgent need of those right now. So if people want to drop off uh, books, like they would just go to your storefront? So that's Yeah, they can just drop them off uh, anytime during our operating hours. They don't need to make an appointment or anything. They just come on by and drop them off. Okay, so and your storefront is 350 Berkeley Street. The website is childrensbookbank.com. Um, well, you know what? I think you do great work. And, uh, you know, those are a few areas where there are a lot of kids who um, also come from families that don't necessarily speak English as a first language. Yeah. And I know that firsthand because my parents um, immigrated from Taiwan. Uh, They couldn't read to me. So for for me to learn how to read, you know, I struggled a lot in school. So to have uh, some English books at home is very helpful. And I know that for a lot of kids in in some you know, areas of the city, uh, it is a little difficult for them. So it's I really encourage any families out there who have some baby books or kids book. And I guess the key is you want them to be gently used. They should be in good shape. Yeah. So we accept gently used um, or new uh, children's books for, mm-hmm. as I said, ages zero to 12. Um, so those are, you know, not damaged, um, no torn pages or coloring in them, that kind of stuff. Great. Um, but ones that you would want to share again and again. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much for your time, Reagan. Thanks, Tay. Thanks for having me. That's Reagan Walton, and she's with the Children's Book Bank. So if you want to find out more information, the website, childrensbookbank.com. Their storefront is 350 Berkeley Street. And of any what is in studio, I think it's a great idea because, honestly, kids grow out of everything so quickly, whether it's clothes, toys, games, books, and then they just kind of sit around. So people, I'm sure we have many News Talk 1010 listeners that might have some baby books or some books that their kids aren't reading anymore mm. and can give them a new home. Yeah. Why does my microphone not work? Or does it? Can does that? it? Can we hear Vinny? Yes. No, I'm not sure Elliot's saying yes, Brilliant. but I'm not sure. I can't hear myself. That I am hearing you. Elliot is hearing you. He, I don't understand what that pointing is he's going to tell me he said maybe go to another microphone like i did not understand the charades that was happening with (laughs) so uh okay i'll try this one oh look at that i can hear you perfectly now what is coming up on your show Vinny? well i don't even get to talk about books now because the mic didn't work yeah moving on are we i think you seem that interested in books no you can tell that from my lack of education yeah no books make you cleverer they do um, no, it's a great plan. I can't, won't add much to it. She was lovely. She spoke a little bit like she spoke to children a lot. You could tell. 
she's very clear and enunciated well and, yes. and sometimes spoken questions and I thought she clearly speaks with kids a lot it's like when you speak to mums mm-hmm. that have just spent the entire day doing goo goo gaga and then they see you and they want an adult conversation but they forget how to have one you so just they're don't like, know how. Uh, today I played with colours and things. <laughs> <laughs> what's Change coming papers? up? Hang on, let me get my paperwork. I'll tell you what's coming up in my show. All right. My show is next. It's really good. I would hang around for it if I were you. We're going to talk about um, the Redskins. Is that an okay name? Oh, for the it's a football team. Yeah. Is mm-hmm. that right? I don't know. Is it a little? Can we just move past that now with the logo of a Native American? No Native Americans on the team. I just think perhaps we should approach that. Mm-hmm. I, I, sometimes I'm accused of being a little bit overtly politically correct. And weirdly, sometimes I'm concluded of the complete opposite. So I don't know quite where I stand after all that. Um, beer is a rip-off in Toronto. Now, I'm not Oh, gonna... my God. I feel like we talk about no, this a lot. No, I knew you were going to say this. <laughs> I... <laughs> I knew you were going to say this. This is not the first time you've talked about <laughs> beer being expensive in this city. Yeah. This is a reoccurring theme. Listen. Love. How? Okay, yeah. <laughs> There's new factual it was a news. new evidence? Yeah. New, oh, I... Not only is it, we can all see it's expensive, but it's actually more expensive than we think because there is now new evidence to suggest that many pints of beer are shorter than they should be and aren't a full pint. I and I give that. you the stats on that, which I can't find right now, but if I remember rightly, it's somewhere in the region of more than half aren't actually pints of beer. So, uh, you know, so basically, be done. Uh, your theory of beer being overpriced in the city is just continuously being reinforced. Basically, the city is saying, Vinnie White, you are correct. Yes. Now more over than ever. Over and over again. Well, it was a newspaper that did the legwork. What yes, a you're right. Fantastic job that was. It was, um, I think it was the Toronto Star that went out and they said, uh, here's the facts for you. Um, they went to 15 pubs and asked for 12, asked for 15 beers in 15 pubs. What mm-hmm. a brief. Who managed to get that one past the editor? And of the 15, only 12, towards, actually only three poured a correct pint, 12 poured less than 20 ounces of beer. Would you then ever go into a bar mm. and bring your own pint glass or something where you could measure exactly what you are receiving so that you know if you're being ripped off or not. I'm a single man, Pay, and the day that you walk into a pub with (laughs) your own pint glass is the day that you choose to remain single for the rest of your life. (laughs) So on that account, no. However, I would and have said, excuse me, love, that's not a pint of beer. Can you go and fill it up? And quite often, this really surprised me, Everyone looks at me as if I'm I'm in the wrong and I'm the one that's being overtly fussy. And they're like, oh, I guess I could put a, another swig in there. Yes, you could. Well, do you mean it's because like the, the foam has gone down so then you realise there's like an extra half inch of room at the top of your yeah. glass? Well, so it depends on the glass because if some... <laughs> we're going to get technical about this. Some glasses technical. have a pore line, don't they? Yes. Um, so, But some, the line is the top of the glass. So if you're only getting three quarters of a glass, you're being ripped off. But I think you also have to remember that if let's say uh, you're not at the bar and a waitress has to bring that drink to you, to have it filled to the brim is very Mm. difficult for her to walk with that drink. So sometimes having that little room at the top for the sloshing uh, is helpful. But let's imagine there's a fill line on this particular hypothetical glass that I'm bringing you as a waiter, and it's not a particularly busy bar, and it's a $9 pint because you're on King Street West. How far below the fill line would it have to be for you to say, hang on a minute, I want more than that. So we're talking about the top of the glass, right? No, I'm talking about the fill line. Well, it, but let's where assume. Is that to the... Well, if it, if a, the glass has a fill line, which they not always have, it's usually about 
just under a centimetre further down and allows for the frothiness of a lovely head. I would say, uh, like, a good centimetre below that is okay. What do you mean it's okay? It's not okay. Or it is okay. If if there's foam on it, is there, like, two centimetres? This conversation is very difficult for me to follow. I just don't know why you're worried about foam. Look, the beer finishes... Let's say an inch, right? Let's use Imperial. An inch below the fill line. You've been ripped off. It's out of question. Are you going to complain? If you're with Vinnie White, you will. Paychan.com is the website. If you missed my earlier conversations with uh, cookbook author and journalist Amy Rosen, also uh, Chef Ricardo, who uh, who has just launched a beautiful Canadian cooking cooking magazine. Um, You can catch those interviews on my website hn.com was your show better than the conversation we just had I think it was yeah. probably people won't need to listen to the last 10 minutes of this yeah. <laughs> but that's okay Vinny White is coming up next uh, and I'll be back next weekend have a great week everyone <laughs>